Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, been a bit of a hiatus there. I disappeared. Believe it or not, I do breaks every once in a while, and I don't actually have a physical connection to my desk, although um, I probably should. Um, I, um, I'm i excited tonight. We, um, we have a really um, interesting guest on. Um, this particular uh, individual is actually from our neck of the woods. She is originally Canadian. Um, she then disappeared down into the States to, uh, to start a, um, this, this, uh, very interesting, um, career path of hers. I say interesting, I'll get to that in a minute, but she, um, she went to school at, um, I, th- I think I have my facts straight. Let me see. I think it was Academy of Art. There's an interesting crossover. Um, she actually knows Jean Denis because Jean Denis taught at, I think he still teaches there, I think. Um, and so there's an interesting, uh, crossover there. Everyone knows JD. He's great. Um, and then she got her, um, she did a bunch of jobs here and there, but she landed a, um, a dream job. She landed a, um, a dream job over a blizzard. I say dream, maybe it's, maybe that's just me because I mean, blizzard's always been in my brain, a destination studio because of the quality of the games. I've been a blizzard, uh, fanatic ever since the original Warcraft game. Um, as a matter of fact, I am wearing a special shirt for Lana today just for, uh, um, you know, Oh, I just gave it away. Uh, everyone knows who's here anyway. So I don't know why I do the big, big reveal. You're probably here because because you knew that she was going to be here, but she got a job at Blizzard, and then um, eventually, I and mean, she she did a lot there. She rose the ranks through animation, um, and eventually um, ended up moving over to Riot, and um, she's still there, and uh, she does some very interesting work over there. But the thing that is, I think, I think the the reason why we love people like Lana is because she, like so many other people we have on the show, um, spends a lot of her time and energy, her free time and energy, um, helping the the community. Um, helping them be better at what they do. Um, and she does that in many ways. She started, um, she co-founded Tea Time Animation, which you, some of you might actually know about. You, some of you might even be a part of Tea Time Animation. So if you do, shout out to you. Um, uh, she also uh, does a lot of work with GDC, Animation Bootcamp, GDC. I don't know if everyone's ever been to GDC before, but there's this really cool Animation Bootcamp thing that she has been um, kind of a spearhead uh, sort of driver of, which is really great. It's basically a way of like getting together with other animators, specifically at GDC and sharing notes and having some like kind of um, some uh, some uh, kind of roundtable discussions. I've been to a couple of them and they're awesome. Anyways, um, very interesting person, very, very um, great at building communities. And um, as a matter of fact, she did a lot of that while at Blizzard and continues to do that over at Riot um, as sort of like a her forte, her side, her her special her special power that I think that uh, that is clearly something that she was probably born with and decided to sort of couple that with animation. And it's sort of a match made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. Before we bring it in, uh, before we bring her in, um, I will bring in David and um, and we can um, drag her into the fray. One second. Let me just yeah, hit my little David summoning button. Hello, David. <laughs> my David summoning that button. was a pretty great intro. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't think I did her justice, but uh, we'll let uh, we'll let her fill in the many <laughs> holes that I've, I've I've certainly left in that uh, shoddy intro. Yeah, well, glad glad to be back. It was a yeah. long two weeks to not have those conversations, which is a, a nice little moment, yeah. a nice little break in our, our week. So definitely looking forward to this one for sure. I kind of agree. At the same time, it was kind of. I, I can't. I can't say that I. I mean, I. I. I obviously missed this, but I was on the beach. So did, beaches did are, you enjoy vacation? Is, I, is that I, what you're I, trying? I really, Your mouth seems like it's I resisting did. the urge. I did. I did. I don't know. I usually have a hard time disconnecting when I go on vacation, but I mean, I hadn't seen my family in a while, so it was really nice to just sort of turn off. Um, for those who are concerned about my eye, it is still broken. If you can see that, it's still a bit of a mess. So if I keep winking um, at Lana or David, I'm not. It's just because my eye is a broken mess. So um, just full disclosure, I'm not coming on to either David or Lana. Um, speaking of which, perfect timing. Let's bring <laughs> Lana in so I can um, not come on to her with my weird blinking eye. Hello, Lana. <laughs> Hello. What How are you? <laughs> I'm so well, thank you. How I are like, you? I, I like to make things as awkward as possible as soon as the guest <laughs> arrives on stream. It's sort of my forte. I'm very uh, good at it. If I had like so. two more seconds, I would have, you know, upped the ante on the awkward level as well, soon as I walked in. But you know, I you know, try to be professional. Not now just we're all going to wonder out. what that was going to be, but we'll have to I tune know. in next time. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. It's really cool to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Mm. We had planned it originally like a month yeah. ago or something and it yeah. didn't work out because everything was so busy yeah but i really appreciate you i told you this offline but i do appreciate your flexibility because i really oh, yeah. look, look forward to this mm, i mean yeah. currently we talked for i don't know how long when we initially yeah, met we did and so i was just i mean just getting to chill and chat about animation for a night i'm all about it yeah i mean it's i can't think of worse things we could be spending our time doing that's for sure uh, playing pokemon unite <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. You did. You didn't even that. There was even a hesitation. That, that's pretty specific. I, ha no I hesitation. hate it. Very specific. I hate it, and I can't stop playing it. Yeah, so it's like a bad combination. Yeah, it was what I was doing till right before I joined you guys. Just like <laughs> rage ranking. Like, why aren't you at rage ranking? Uh, yeah. I love eight relationship with the game. There, yeah. I so feel like amazing. you know what? It's the competitive ones are always like this. I mean, like I play a lot of Dota two, and I think I mentioned this to you, and it's the same thing. These games that are like this it's just like they're rage inducing and you think to yourself several times while playing it why do i play this game but you yeah. keep coming back for more because this, we're sick this yeah. is even worse it's like because they're just 10 minute matches no matter what oh yeah and no matter what it's, <laughs> it's like true. it's just it's fundamentally there's a lot of merits but it's worse than other mobas it just is <laughs> but it's like every time i'm like oh, it's just 10 minutes yeah, that's like it. Four hours later, I'm like, they get you. Oh. It's like, uh, what's the worst that could happen? It's, it's a bad game. You play another one 10 minutes later. No big deal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So you were busy. Let's talk a little bit about why you were so busy. Because, sure. I mean, I, I mentioned about how, like, yes, you've had um, a pretty interesting career. I think many people would die to be able to, like, like land a job at Blizzard. Do that for what? I think, was it five or six years you were at Blizzard? Right between the two. Five and a half. This oh, my, my God. Blizzard. Okay merit sword oh is that five my, years my five years of service oh sword that's so Blizzard. cool awesome can i oh man <laughs> I, I wish i had that was a live <laughs> moment of seeing brent just taking in the moment she has a sword on her, on her wall <laughs> um so okay so five five and a half years there mm -hmm. um and then at riot a yet another very big um 
I would say destination studio as far as, you know, there's, there are, I mean, when I say destination studios, I'm speaking through the lens of an animator, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we know in the games uh, market, there are some companies that we all like just inherently know are the ones that they put animation up like higher up in the hierarchy as far as importance. Mm -hmm. um, and then other ones are, it's, it's clearly not. Um, a central pillar to their to their production philosophy, but Blizzard has always been one. Naughty Dog has always been one. Um, Riot has always been one. So you're kind of in one of those top tier animation game studios. Both two of them. You actually you you worked at two of them. But the second thing that you kind of seem to be busy doing is all this community work. And so you were up to your eyeballs recently in doing some um, some work planning for GDC. Yeah, GDC summer. It was very different. I would say it was still busy and there because you're planning a conference and you're trying to, you know, get in touch with all these people and make sure everybody knows what they're doing and when, like looking at their slides, giving them feedback to, you know, six hours worth of content. Um, and, but then it's also, it was fully online. So there was, I think, less questions about mm. things. There's like, oh, where do I sign in? But it right. was like, where's my hotel? And I'm like, I don't know that answer. <laughs> um, so it was busy, less busy. Uh, but I, we mentioned it uh, just off before we started. But the busiest feeling part was usually I say I have a busy season. Mm. I, I do GDC. Um, or it's sort of like the tail end of the year. I start, I'll start planning for GDC. Then there's CTN. There's usually BlizzCon. Um, and there was an, a now light box with like a mm. bunch of conferences mm. all sort of stacked in a row. And then I would have like my vacation time mm. of not planning conferences. But GDC summer ended and two days later, they hit me up being like, time to plan GDC 22. And I was like, oh, that was <laughs> not the wow. like luxurious mental so nice break I was mm. looking for, but mm. I love it. So um, yeah. What is the the... the how did it start to be involved in all of those yeah. uh, uh, events? Because, you know, it's definitely a decision of, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to contribute. I'm going to, you know, make connection. I'm going to represent also this the studio. That I'm, where is this drive coming from? Because it's a, a, I'm sure you're having a blast doing it, but it's a self-inflicted uh, <laughs> yes. blast of, you know, of, Birth of energy that you have to do for a period of time and then as you said when it's done you're already preparing the next one yeah. so i assume we'll talk about tea time at some point i think yeah the roots are from tea time mm -hmm. um and when i started tea time with a couple of pals i was in like a really low point in my life <clears throat> in like so many ways like school was really difficult i couldn't quite figure out why I couldn't figure out animation and I was living in this other country away from my family and I you know my boyfriend and I just broke up like so many things were really difficult and I found a lot of strength and a lot of learning about myself and the craft that I was trying to focus on and the industry I was trying to get into through tea time um and so I've always just valued a community of people and seen the value that I get from contributing to it and the value that I'm able to bring others. It feels very mutual. Mm. Um, and so the drive to continue it stems from there. Uh, my first GDC, I think was 2010. I think I've been to like a decade's worth of GDC wow. now, which is crazy. Did they give uh, you a sword for that or? Uh, I have a whole <laughs> bunch of t-shirts. <laughs> you can construct I'm... them into one big t-shirt made uh, constructed sword. A quilt. Awesome. A quilt oh, of cool. GDC t-shirts. That's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. 
But uh, GDC had for a long time. Now it's not volunteer because of California labor laws, but it was a, a volunteer program. Hmm. And I always knew I wanted to work for Blizzard and this opportunity to go to what is honestly too expensive of a conference for free. You get an all access packs and you just work for 20 hours. And once I arrived there, the community of volunteers is really incredible. And I have access to like learning all this information from all these incredible developers who I've just you know, looked at their talks on YouTube and been like, this is, this is the most amazing time. And so I feel like all my experiences with community happened to be very positive. Mm. I was mm. very fortunate to only find places that were really welcoming. And so it's it spurred my love for it. So when I, uh, Mike Jungbooth and uh, Tim Borelli started the animation boot camp mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And the first day I went to it, I went with a pal of mine and I was like, I'm going to run that in five years. <laughs> and I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to like, assassinate anybody or did it just sort of happen naturally? It happened. Well, I was actually volunteering. The first animation boot year that animation boot camp existed was also the first year that they made the animation roundtables. Yeah, which is not technically the boot camp, which is just a single day, mm -hmm. but it is like a. They're not recorded, so you show up, and if you don't go, you're gonna miss whatever the conversation is. Yeah, and everybody, I feel like I had never been to a roundtable before, so I was working the door. <laughs> but I was standing inside <laughs> so that I could listen. Right, and they would ask a question like what I, I think the question was something like what principles do we not use because we're video game animators and i was oh, like that's funny can i answer they were like don't, don't you work here sure kid <laughs> i love it and i was like i think we just use them differently and like went on some like little <laughs> answer and they were like sure <laughs> good but then no, i think, say. yeah basically so I, just, awesome. <laughs> I just I got involved with them from just participating and just talking yeah. to people. And I think that's one of the things about mm -hmm. this industry, about any industry, is often people, when they get along with someone, they're like, I wonder if you're good at your job. I'd love to work with you because you seem fun <laughs> yeah. and you seem like you know what you're talking about. So if yeah. you can get people to sort of like like you first and want to work with you, you'll have people rooting for you and helping you along the way. That makes sense. So many interesting themes to yeah, uh, explore over here. Uh, let's. There's too much to unpack. Let's just. Platter. She just provided us with a silver platter. It's, take one and run with great. it. Let, let's just step back a little bit for those that are not uh, familiar with uh, tea time animation. So, yeah. can you just describe uh, uh, what it is, its purpose, and what was the again the main motivation behind it? <laughs> yes. So, because everyone has an image right now of animators sitting around a circle drinking tea. I think it's basically you know, why we require it. And, and, Maybe that is exactly what you do. But I'm so glad out. that that is the image. I got so many people thinking it was like a political thing. And I'm like, I'm yeah. Canadian. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I kept, remember the first time we had that conversation, I was calling it Tea Party. And you're just like, yeah, it's not Tea no, Party. No, 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 no. There's one thing I've learned. It's not that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so Tea Time Animation, what it is now is a by student, for student animation communities that come mm. together once a week to not specifically animate but to help enrich themselves in the culture and the community and the industry of animation on a social level to help get help help each other to learn about the industry about what it means to collaborate on a project and ideally build a bridge from being a student to being a professional to make mm. that transition less jarring interviews yeah. 
less confusing and the whole process of, of being a professional uh, more understandable. It's like a halfway house into being an animator. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but the goal is that it's run by the students who are present hmm. at the schools because hmm. they know what is missing. Like every school kind of is missing something different. Mm -hmm. um, so you're correct. I went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Nice. Um, and well at done. the Academy of Art, there's like a huge knowledge gap between your first animation classes. You'd be like, at one point they're like, this is the graph editor. It's the most important tool you can use as an animator in 3D. And I was like, great. And then they closed it and never explained how it worked. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh my God. How to, how minute, to read what? it. Jesus. Like they just, I was like, I guess that's important. Two years later, I still don't know what it is. I <laughs> barely know how it. to find it. Mm. Um, now I only use it. And that's because of tea time. Um, <laughs> so there's like basically, there was an animation club at the school and they needed one more person to be on staff. And I was like, what is it? What do you guys do at the club? And they're like, eh. <laughs> and I was like, well, if you're going to put exciting. my name on the club, I'll like check it out to see if mm. I, I'm not just going to put my name on it. And I went and it was like me and the other two tea time or eventually tea time leaders, co-founders, Mandy and Keaton, and like two other people. And all we did for like 45 minutes was be like, do you guys see this cool video? And like pull up an animated video. Amazing. And I was I just... like, I've never seen this video before. Have you seen this video? And they'd be like, I haven't. And at the end of it, they were like, that was great. See you guys next Friday. And I was like, that was the most amazing thing. I'm so inspired. And like, that's funny. Immediately, I'm like, I just, I can't believe how inspired I am by just, I haven't like talked to anybody in my community. Mm. Like, I go to school with all these people who are in class together. We're in these big labs working beside each other silently. Like, yeah. don't look at my screen, don't steal mm. my ideas. And so from there, we like figured out a name for it. Uh, we called it Tea Time because it was originally during the lunch break, but we had to move it to 3.30 and we're like, what do you call 3.30? It's not like the best way to spend your lunch break. It's the best way to spend your what? Your tea time. And so <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's uh, what we ding, called ding, it. Ding. And then we started getting more and more people interested because rather than just being like a social time, like people are there to study, they're there to learn. And so when you're focusing what people want to learn, like the, the people's social time with the thing they're trying to learn anyway, they don't feel like they're taking away from their studies by attending the club. Mm. And so we would, we started getting into like a really good routine where club sessions would start with announcements. So even if you can only come for five minutes, there's something of value you could get. Uh, then we'd mm. always have some kind of group activity or lesson that was framed around the 12 principles where we'd discuss them, we'd show what they look like in 2D, we'd show what they how to see them in real life, what they are based off of, we'd show how they look in the graph editor and do exercises around like learning how to spot certain principles and how would you draw this curve. And then as people who were more junior students go through the sort of curriculum, I guess, that we wrote and they became the more senior students, then they are helping teach. And it was always, it's always that, because hmm. the, the more senior students help right now I feel like you're you, kind of meandering here but that's no no but but it's bigger than that because what surprised me that i didn't know is that can you said it here you dropped a little hint schools plural yes. there are how many chapters of tea time now five <laughs> i think four mm. or five chapters it's pretty cool um, so they just started popping up at other schools it's like fight club but like i not, mean i contact or the students either contacted me and i would help them get set up 
Um, I wish they would just pop up organically. I wish they'd reach out and just be like, mm. we're a club. Can we be called Tea Time? Um, that would be really amazing if you're listening and we'll have a club and Make we'll it have happen. some help. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so there's like a starter guide that has like 14 mm. sample lessons. And so mm. we give them to students and then they're all in a discord together. So they have their own discord for their in schools, but there's sure. also a network of the different tea time chapters that can talk to yeah. each other and do projects mm -hmm. together. And you do like you, the, 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 the like GDC and stuff like this are pretty good, like, I guess, opportunities to have like little tea party social events where like tea party chapters can get together and like have some sort of like mega tea party. Yes, usually um, any tea time folks, actually, what, somebody I met at GDC came up to me and, and it was like, I saw you at GDC, I'd like to become a tea time chapter. And then they were uh, tea time Purdue, uh, Anthony Ma, and then Anthony Ma came back around mm -hmm. and was Riot's intern this summer, huh. which was really positive. That's cool. But uh, because we have a chapter in San Francisco, GDC is mm -hmm. definitely like San Francisco tea time chapter unite. And Absolutely. so everybody from San Francisco <laughs> comes and hangs out at your babuena or something that's cool we're like the teachers or instructor are uh were aware that this kind of side thing was kind of going on and was also inspired by the fact that you know yes we need a community we want to you know be about among peers but there's also a gap or something to 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 feel that is missing and we're going <laughs> to you know do it herself if it yes. doesn't already exist tea time inspired a lot of positive change at the school the school had open town halls that tea time members would get together and write out our most common complaints and be like these mm. are the problems we're facing that we'd like you to fix because we pay money to be here please and they mm. did they added a couple interim schools that basically like some people are calling tea time the class <laughs> uh, that you actually get credit for so a couple interim classes between the original classes and the later ones they rewrote the the um like 101 level curriculums to better explain things like the mm. graph editor um and tea time is also really great about promoting teachers classes so like mm. jd is one in particular who he i think had taken a break from teaching at aau for a while but i got him to come in and do a talk for tea time and i was like didn't you used to teach here he's <laughs> like yeah i'm like what if i got the school to pay you money would you come teach me and he's like sure and so i was like hey school this is the teacher jd he's not here before these are 12 students who are ready to take his class will you make this a class and they did hmm. so you became sort of like a shadow administration for the school in other words it just started like taking over basically so the, is what happened the last thing i heard the, when i came to visit tea time uh, sf in person is that the department head called tea time the AAU Mafia. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah. Exactly. I like that's it. That's right. Don't, Listen up, baby. We don't run mess these with streets. Tea time. We break your yeah. digital legs. Yeah. Uh, really that's awesome. It, it seems that you, you know, you, 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 you're able to see the, the, the connection between, well, we have JD over here and we have maybe a need there. Hey, what about this plan? And just make it work, which is, you know, usually what, most uh, um, uh, entrepreneur or leader are usually doing is that, well, I see an opportunity over here and I see something there. And what if we just do something about it? Mm -hmm. And it seems that there's a lot of let's do something about it uh, mm -hmm. uh, on your side. That, that, that's for sure. Uh, how just uh, uh, taking a different tangent here, how do you manage work-life balance? Mm. Because it, it seems from the exterior that you're like, 
doing so many things. And, and you know, we, we everyone here is doing a lot of things, and, and we know that sometimes the, the sacrifice, that's something that we discussed with uh, JD, uh, uh, among others, and with Sir Wade, and all of those that, yeah, from the exterior, it looks like, but you need to focus and make a, a sacrifice at time. So how how do, do you manage all of this that you're, that you're doing? That's a very good question. JD makes me feel like a slacker. <laughs> I can't believe how much he works. Um, I think the shortest answer is I don't really. I'm very bad at it. Uh, I often say like, oh, a lot of these things don't feel like work because I, I do love them so much. But then every once in a while, I'm like, I'm so tired. Why is my body hurt? <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's because I haven't like taken a break um, or whatever in a long time. I'm getting better at it now. Um, I don't know how I manage work-life balance. I take, I've, I'm getting pretty good at taking breaks when I need them and we're probably finding spaces to take breaks where I or like do things for myself in time that I normally might just do nothing. Like lunches at work be a time that maybe I would work through them doing other work. So I'd like work on video games and then I come over here and then I do tea time or send emails or do some other work for GDC design stuff for the next rat stream, like whatever it is something at lunch and then right back to work. And now it's like, lunch is a time, excuse me, to unplug and go work out so that I physically am able to continue doing these things, mentally unplug from whatever. Um, but never truly, because I also started listening to video game podcasts. So getting it all in one, <laughs> you know. Um, Optimizing time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, the, the students who run the Tea Time chapters, I, I sit here and I'm like, I run Tea Time. I like handle the merch and I help. Yeah. Clubs. <laughs> You're but the poster students, child of tea time. Yes. But these, the students who do all the work, uh, tea time UW stout right now is going through like their new semester stuff and seeing mm. them and their plans and how efficient they are and how good of a team they are. It's they're amazing. I'm inspired by them every day. That's mm. cool. Ever felt exhausted at some point of, okay, I just need a break and you know, not three hours, but a couple of weeks just to unplug from everything. Yes, I took the longest break I think I've ever taken in my career, like a couple weeks ago, because hmm. uh, it was, you know, the end of, it wasn't the end of anything, but it was uh, the end of the Canadian yeah. restrictions. Uh, I could, I physically could not travel back to see my family if I wanted to. Mm. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. My family's all vaccinated. And we're really tight knit. And so I took three weeks off. That's awesome. And I actually did bring my laptop and like plan to work, but then my house was, in, I don't know, maybe 39 degrees. <laughs> and it was too hot. Like being near my computer, my brain and my body would just shut down and I just sweat. And so I was like, well, I guess it's a full break. <laughs> so that was like a nice reset. Um, but there definitely have been times, like, especially when I had BlizzCon to plan for too. Um, BlizzCon was like a huge stretch because it was for work. There's a lot more pressure oh, yeah. to be done to a certain level of quality. Yeah. Um, because and there are deadlines that are, well, I mean, GDC have deadlines too, but I get, you'll get your point. It's like work. Yeah. It, it, it's work. And I was doing like a lot of like skills that I flex into. Like at one year, I made all of the PowerPoints for everybody's presentations for some wow. reason and like my own presentation. Uh, and I remember getting to my desk and I was so stressed out that I was just like, physically shaking it was like time oh, to start man. the work day and i was like i need a vacation <laughs> after this i think <laughs> wow uh, you were talking about 39 degrees but 
Edmonton is, is renowned for its pretty cold winter. Do, do you miss it? I do miss it. I'm like a very <laughs> naturally so cool. sweaty person. And so like California and I do not agree, get along very well. You heard it here first, everybody. Lana Pashinsky is a super sweaty person. I would love to say that you heard it here first, but I have no shame. And I talk about <laughs> it a lot. I'm the last one to find out. Great. Edmonton is bitter cold. Anyone who's ever been in Edmonton in the winter is, oh my God. It's, yeah. I, I've never, like Alberta, I don't know what it is about that. It's probably because it's like, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty up north. If you look in the map, it's, it's very it's so far. So interesting up. because, like, it's so pretty far north. But like, Fort McMurray is way farther north and it still doesn't get as cold there. There's like something yeah. about Edmonton's That's geolocation. It. And it's flat. So the wind just cuts mm. you in half. Like, it's like, like that cold, like, you know, when they, they talk about bone chilling cold, like, I mean, Montreal, everyone, like we take a lot of pride in it being cold and it snows a lot here, but like, honestly, Edmonton, man, next level, <laughs> next level cold. I've never, ever experienced anything quite like it. Uh, the only times I ever see Edmonton in the news here are like, maybe it's like, oh, Bioware based Edmonton or yeah. be like Edmonton, Alberta, I'll be like Edmonton, it'll be like as cold as Mars. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. About right. Actually, when I was in in Edo for four years, it's not that much the the winter that I've missed, but just the rhythm of the season. It, it's something that you know in California, it's amazing, sunny, beautiful. But at some point, like yeah, it's still beautiful, warm, and sunny. Mm -hmm. And just having yeah. this spring that goes in winter, and you know, it's just party mode, and then in fall more cocooning, and then mm -hmm. in the winter, and then can when spring is coming back. I don't know. That that's one of the things that I definitely miss from from I Canada. I have to ask. That. I I have to ask. So it, the, the this pattern, like you made it sound like it was something that you sort of can't, like noticed on the job that you like doing these community things. But mm -hmm. but I mean, it, you did earlier in your life, like even like like I, I just get this feeling that you've been doing this. Like, were you like a student council when you're in high school, <laughs> or like what like what? Like, where did it really start? Because, I mean, the fun fun fact, I I, I discovered Lana through Skylar uh, Sura, who some of you might know because he was doing, uh, he's been doing some stuff for Gore, the learning path for an um, introduction to animation for games. And um, he, he point, because we were getting ready to do this kind of stuff. And I, I happened to ask, I heard through the grapevine that he was doing some sort of like some Twitch stream stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to ask him, pick his brain a little bit. And he sent me a link to Rat Animators, channel on twitch and who do i see there is clearly the ringleader top left corner <laughs> lana bashinsky and i've never I, I i didn't know who you were at the time and i, I was know. just watching you like orchestrate this <laughs> panel of faces uh, i remember i remember checking uh, sending you a message brent yeah who is she yeah. <laughs> yeah. like she that's it <laughs> yeah exactly and so i yeah. and then I, that that led me to like just you know i started like you know i mean i started just looking at what else you've been doing and then i saw you like do a lot of stuff for um for blizzard when you were on the um um uh the heroes, oh my God. Team. The heroes team yeah so i don't want to draw in blank but like the uh uh, you, you were, you were doing a lot of, uh, community stuff. Like you were doing like, um, a bunch of like live streams who is like your partner of crime. You guys had really good chemistry. I really liked that. I, I watched one of those was it, shows. It was, really was it good. Trixler? I think so. Tim Frazier? So. <sighs> there's like, and watch it. I don't remember his name. We're, we're good buds now at the time. I didn't know him very well at all, but mm. he ran a stream and they were like, it's the anniversary stream. Do you want to, 
it was the first Twitch stream I'd ever done. Oh wow! And I was like, okay, sure, I'll go. And then <laughs> sure. I didn't know how to like not sh shit talk. So yeah, like, that's it. That's, that, thing. that's what I mean by chemistry. Like you were making fun of his muscles, and I was just <laughs> like, it was just so like it felt like you were like an like like you've been friends all your life, and you were like this beautiful tit for tat. It was so natural, and I was just like, man, who is this person? Yeah, I didn't know him that that's well, so and I was, was so nervous. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Huh. But it was, it's one of my great triumphs. I wish I saved that stream because later they were like, now you're going to play and talk about games. And I'm like, right. I'm so competitive. Like, I'm going to start <laughs> playing. I, there's no way. You'll but be we must have been playing some real dweebs because it was like the, one of the best games on this character named Kerrigan that I've ever had. And I was like, just annihilating them. And yeah. casually like, animation is fun. And I'm like, <laughs> landing every kill. Like, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, because I only there was only clips that I saw. I was I didn't see the yeah. whole, I couldn't find the whole stream, so I guess it's, it's long gone. I should have saved it. I didn't. Oh well. Rip. Yeah. So okay. So back to the original question. The question. So you, it's cool that like I mean it's funny that you really seem to discover this desire to like you know break through the wall and do more than just the job, mm -hmm. but like communicate with like, I mean, that's like, that's an interesting case. Cause that's not even necessarily, that's not a community of animators. That's a community of fans of the game. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's obviously a skill that you've learned how to leverage in many different ways, but like, was there like, what's the first time in your life that you remember doing this, this kind of, this kind of thing. That's, I can think of, I can't think of ever doing community wrangling. The, the first okay. time I could ever think of doing this kind of thing was maybe in high school. Um, and I don't know. I mean, my parents must know, but they would <laughs> Get them go, on the line. Get them on the line. <laughs> I don't, like, what, what are they, they going to do? Parents I'm, here. I'm just going to bring them in right now. That'd be really funny. <laughs> they would like leave for the weekend. They're like, we're going to go to Banff. And it'd be like, mm. okay, bye. And then it'd be like, great. And I would like put together some kind of themed party. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah. it all started with the parties. The parties. But there mm. was like rules around them. That's like, if you don't show up following the rules, you can't come in. Like they're really, <laughs> they weren't like, but the rules were silly. Like the ice cream party, you have to come with some ice cream and then we'll all have ice cream together. Seems so fair. Wholesome. Mm. Or like um, uh, just a, a party where you had to, I mean, just costume parties, just you had to dress up as something and if you don't show up to my house in costume you're gonna pick some costumes from this box i have at the door or you can't come into the party well this is the best way of hosting right it's like you 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 hope you you can get community started but there has to be some sort of structure otherwise it just sort of falls apart so i guess it yeah. just sort of kind of snowballed from there now you're just kind of doing it all the time and you just can't stop now yeah the first time that i ever like actually did something that was a community thing specifically like oh i'm building mm. this community was was tea, tea time tea time yeah okay yeah and, I, and it's funny because it came out of a need, like a need to fill a gap. And it's sort of. And it was a need fill, to fill a gap for the school. But I think mm. the important part about community that people don't really think about is like how much of a gap it, it can fill for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like I did tea time, not people like, oh, you were so generous. And I'm like, do you know how much I got from that? <laughs> like yeah. you would think that I was selfish if you yeah. really knew how much I was taking from this community. Like teachings like that i get that too yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's like there's a lot of that like people just from the outside see that as being like a lot of generous time and, and it is in many ways because you don't have to be doing it is a lot of work but mm -hmm. at the same time you there is so much that is gained from from just just teaching like so much you learn so much yeah. from teaching which is surprising but but uh it's it's very very interesting 
learning how to articulate something that you know exactly and communicate it to mm. somebody else not only gives them knowledge yay but yep. like reinforces what you exactly. know to yourself yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it structures it in your brain in a way that that makes you like realize holy crap i have no idea why i do it like this yeah and then but now because i have to articulate it now i better understand it and then now i'm a bit more consistent in my actual application of that moving forward because yes. it's it's been sort of like i i had to unpack it and then organize it and then sort of repack it and mm -hmm. and now it's, it's sort of upgraded I leveled yeah. up just because of that whole question of like, why, why do you do it like that? Why do you use the, the F curve in that way? I have no idea. I do it for some reason. I mean, let me, let me think about that for a while. Yeah. 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 So Lana, speaking of students and processing ideas, we definitely have a, a lot of students in our audience. Any words of wisdom, like a top three advice or something that, that <clears> would say that, okay, uh, for anyone that is about to get into the uh, industry, uh, here's a few things that maybe I would have liked to to know when I got out of school. About to get into the industry, so leaving school, not going into school. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I think it's something that I knew, but only because it's tea time. But <laughs> um, <about> something. <laughs> I don't. It sounds like I just plug it constantly, but I really. This is the last time I'll be like, it's really the greatest. But so much of it, I never would have learned if I were not doing it for this this thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I had all this knowledge because people would ask me all these questions. And I'd be like, I will find you the answer. And now I have the answer. And so this win -win. was one of those things. I was really fortunate in my path. Like unbelievably. I'm sorry if you can hear those sirens. Um, very fortunate to land the job at Blizzard when I did. And I, so I guess there's, there's two things. One jobs are luck like a huge amount of luck hmm. my first job was not sure i had the skills to get to an interview i had a reel that was solid um but they told me at the end of my interview that i only got that job because they were told a bad joke to the other person that they interviewed and they were way too embarrassed so they hired me instead <laughs> that is the most <laughs> random thing i've ever heard in my life it's even more funny that they told you this and I'm like so happy they told me that because I mean I don't think there would have been a world where I was like I'm so great I got this job at Blizzard <laughs> in the past but that's awesome though the level of humble is like I know mm. I got that job out of luck and being able to provide that insight to people mm. is like I was prepared I mm. had the stuff I got to a certain point but rejection can just be bad luck I think there's a period of time between school and getting a job that you might see a bunch of people that you went to school with getting jobs and it can start feeling really disheartening. Mm, totally. And it could just be like the places you're applying are not ready for you yet. But also the people that you see getting jobs can help you get a job. Don't be disheartened. Just mm -hmm. be patient. And my other, my other piece of advice is that, again, I'm very fortunate to land this job at Blizzard but there are so many jobs for animation that are not big name studios that are going to give you incredible experience yeah. that are going to level you up in a way that you did not think was possible. And especially if you're going into games, maybe your animation skill specifically is not the thing that's getting leveled up the fastest, but you realize, oh, I actually have all these other supplemental skills that I get to flex. And mm -hmm. I have a hugely valuable part of this team and I see how to apply these other things now because I've worked in, in this space so that when applying to other jobs where I can start leveling up this animation skill, I'm T-shaped, as they say, you know, one really strong skill and a couple other supplementary ones. Like you have 
so much value and big studios are not the only place mm. who will yeah. value you. So yeah. applying yeah, only think- at AAA is, it would be not, I would not recommend only AAA. Yeah, I think everyone has different paths, but if you have the chance to start in a small studio, uh, you might have more responsibility to do a lot of different things because you mm-hmm. don't have, although you don't need to fix this rig, you know, this department is going to handle it. Although you don't need to export this, we, we have a tool for that. Oh, no, no, we are. So the, the the level of how much you have to figure out rapidly on the, uh, uh, on the job on, for small teams, small studio is definitely... Uh, that doesn't mean that you cannot have this within a big studio if you have a little small team because big studios tend to end up being many different little village and you know sometimes even with their own own culture and different mm-hmm. under different leadership. Uh, but yeah, uh, d- d- definitely as much as you can, you know, learn a lot of different skills and not having a mindset of oh, okay, I'm really going to improve my pose to pose, you know, character animation. Well, that's one of the 35 different things that you're mm-hmm. going to, to learn. So we'll just yeah. be open-minded about There's it. There's a theme that sort of developed over many conversations on this stream. And one of that, one of the, this, this theme I'm thinking about right now, it really comes down to not being so rigid with your path forward, this yeah. sort of projection forward that like, it's, don't see it like this. And like, I, I know so many people that have been so disheartened because they're just like, I, I, I want to be an animator because I want to, I want to, I want to be an animator at, at Pixar, for instance, or they, they have this sort of destination in mind, like they've created this pedestal. And at that point, it is, that is when they will, like the lights will shine from the heavens and they will have accomplished mm-hmm. their life goals. And I've seen a lot of, like, that's a tricky way to go about this career, I think. And, you know, we had, a, we had Troy Quain on a little while ago, and it was very interesting talking to him because he started as an animator. He was a very, very talented animator. Um, but like there was something else calling to him. And he kind of, he, it was very clear that he was not rolling with it right away. Like he just kept, he kind of got dragged in. And then he, it, but the funny thing is, 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 is that he just, he started to realize, man, like, I think the reason why I keep falling into this, this this sort of storytelling role is because I actually really like it and I'm actually good at it. I just didn't give it a chance in my brain because it wasn't what I thought I wanted to do. And it wasn't until he really started to be like, okay, well, screw it. I'll try it, you know? Um, And then that led to another one and another one that eventually started directing films. And it's just, it's, it's, you gotta be willing to roll with the punches and try things and don't just because it doesn't fit into that sort of carefully calculated agenda and trajectory that you've pre sort of, you know, created in your mind. It doesn't, doesn't mean that you can't at least take a small detour because that detour could lead, lead, lead you to even, even more amazing career in something you'd even know that you liked, you know, like it's, you gotta just put yourself out there and try stuff. And those detours, I often don't think of them as detours. They are steps towards. Yeah, they are totally. Not, you are not, you know, taking the teleporter straight to your destination. Exactly. It's not instant, mm. but there's all of these things that you do can do that yeah. will contribute to your eventual goals. I think, sure, Absolutely. you want to work at Pixar. That's like where you want to go. Sure. Start heading in that direction. 
do things that will get you one step closer. Exactly. One step is better than no steps and waiting for exactly. the door to get invented for you. Yeah. 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 But the key, but the key is try not to like, as you take that allow for, if the, if the course starts to go in a slightly other direction, yeah. you know, it's not the end of the world unless you really don't want to go in that direction. Okay. Yeah. Of course, follow your heart, but like, don't necessarily turn down opportunities just because it doesn't seem to be the straight path to that goal that you thought you were going to take. Right. Yeah. Ironically, that my experience with Blizzard was almost like that because in school, uh, at least while when I was in school, I think people are a lot more open than they were. Uh, when I joined school, they were like, oh, if you want to work in video games, you are a lesser animator. <laughs> so when I showed up and I was like, I want to work for Blizzard, they're like, <laughs> video games? <laughs> That's cute. And I was like, just kidding. I knew it was going to laugh like kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then um, you went home and you're like, why would they make fun of me? I, it's just so, I was like, oh, well, it was more like, oh, is working in video games bad? Like, mm. and then so I felt like I was getting educated on what being a real animator was. And oh, I what, definitely was focusing on doing like a lot of creature and character work, doing mm. a lot of film shots, doing a lot of things that would work in like a, like a cinematic style pipeline. <clears throat> and then I had a friend, even I, but I'd still went to GDC. Like I started going to GDC in this phase that I kept saying, oh, I'm going for film. I'm going for film. And then my friend was like, I thought, didn't you want to work for Blizzard? They have an animation internship. I've never seen that. And I was like, oh, I do want to work for Blizzard. I'll, I'll, I'll apply. <laughs> but then even through my Blizzard internship, man, I don't know how I stuck around the whole time. They're like, so where do you want to work when you're done your internship? I was like, tip it. And they're like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny how the tides turn. Now you're like a loser because you're actually not wanting to work in the video game industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. It was very, it was a very funny sort of twist. And then it's like, actually, everything's great. We're all animators. Do what you want. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> actually, how the hell did you career as an uh, animator in video game uh, uh, evolve compared to how you maybe project yourself of how this career would, would go? Is it, are you s s somehow close to where you thought you would be or you could not even imagine where you are now or it's just completely different? And what you assume that being a professional animator would be? I think that is a really great question because I feel like when I was a student, you know, I'm Canadian, I'm looking for the visa. Like my only goal as a student was like, get that job because I know when I can get that job, they are going to be so happy that they hired me. Nobody will ever regret that choice. And so all I could ever think about was this first job. And then you get that first job as an associate. You're like, okay, I'm going to be like a, like an animator, not an associate, but like just a, just an animator. That's the goal. And I got that. And after that, I was like, so what's the next goal? Is it just the next title? Like <laughs> I, it left me feeling like kind of ambiguous. Mm. I feel like that's when a lot of the community stuff sort of started like bleeding in more into what I wanted to do at work. When I realized it's like, oh, these steps between these titles are not like these grand leaps forward that I'm making. This title doesn't mean, oh, suddenly I'm that much better. It doesn't mean anything other than like a congrats, you, you're on the right track kind of from these corporations. And so like thinking about like, what did I think my career would be as an animator? I didn't think anything of it. The only thing I thought was that I wanted to be an animator and that I would be. And there was no thought past there. Um, I think the first time I felt like I had a distinct goal again 
was only like after I, like after, right when I was leaving Blizzard, starting at Riot. I so, so like something sort of became clear when I started doing more things other than just animation. When I started being able to talk about game development, when I built good relationships with disciplines that were not just art disciplines. And I found a lot of personal satisfaction in my job of being able to not just talk and like be able to talk knowledgeably about my piece of the puzzle, but like a greater look that I realized like, oh, I think direction of some variety would be something I would enjoy. Um, so now, you know, cut to riot working in R&D, working on small teams on things from the beginning where I'm not just animating, I'm animating 50% of the time, maybe less and doing all these different things and being able to help and contribute on so many levels that feels in line with the goals I realized I had two years ago. Mm. But I feel like my career has been as it has been precisely because of not being rigid, like you're saying, Brent. Yeah. Like the flexibility of, like I started public speaking because there's like a Friday meeting and nobody wanted to present the art. And I was like, well, I'll <laughs> present the art at the Friday meeting. And then they put me on that stream because they saw me talking at the Friday meeting and they're like, oh, you're pretty good at talking. You should do this thing. And I was like, sure. And basically any opportunity I had to be like, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, I said <laughs> yes. And so that's- Yeah, that, that's- that's another theme that is coming often with the the, the, the guests that, that we have of often, yeah, sure. And then <laughs> oftentimes you don't really know how you're going to do it. You don't mm -hmm. know exactly how it's going to do, but you just trust yourself that you're figure going to out. figure it out. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's it. So, yeah, I agree. It's very much, you know, don't, don't. And I, I like what you mentioned that the, the goals that I figured out uh, along the way you know you, you don't don't draw a map and then follow this map just have a compass a direction and mm -hmm. just and then go with the flow and then you're going to figure out where you are uh where you're going so, a conversation i had with my parents when i was really little that i feel like <clears throat> shapes a lot of who i am now is having to do a project like in elementary school where i had for whatever reason procrastinated on it and i was like oh how do you do this project and there's the night before and I was like, I didn't do anything. It's a huge project. And I remember just bawling my eyes out and my parents being so upset with me and having a big talk about procrastination. And at the end, I was like, well, that's it. And they're like, so what are we going to do for the project? And I was like, what? I still have to do it? Like, <laughs> the night like, I told you that I didn't do it. So they go, what? Like, what do you, what do you think we're going to do? And I said, I guess whatever is easiest. And they said, oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> what is this punishment? What's the hardest? And they went, no, whatever's the most fun. Mm. And I was like, oh, we can do a yeah. fun thing. Yeah. And I feel like every choice I've made, like at least around my career, like I don't think about that, but looking back, yeah. it's like, well, this is the thing that would be the most fun. So I'm, I'm doing that. That's good mm -hmm. advice right there. You're lucky you got that because I mean, I think a lot of people go through their life, some people, their entire lives never actually kind of having that epiphany that like work should be fun. Like if you're not interested in it and this is not just for creative jobs, I think it's just jobs in general. I think mm -hmm. if you like a, a good way to just like have <laughs> like just the worst, the worst life ever is the recipe is find yourself in a job that you hate. And I mean, I'd like to think it's, it's obviously much more important in a creative job because if you're in a creative job that you don't like, then it's not going to work out well. It's going to end in tears. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but um, but it's you know it's applicable anywhere. I think the idea is that yeah, you just have to, but you have to take a step back and ask yourself, how could I? What what do I find fun, and how can I find more fun in this? Is there something that's tangential to the job I'm currently doing that I could maybe do more of? Like mm-hmm. it's 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 playing to your strengths at the end of the day because like I think yeah. what your parents were probably telling you to tell you is well, first of all, we're going to introduce you to a concept called the all nighter. And second of all, (laughs) that all nighter is going to be a lot easier for you to manage if you're doing something fun, like playing video games all night. That's easy to do uh, Mm -hmm. because you're having fun. Right. But if you can have fun in the in a task, then you can have essentially the same the same advantage. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're doing things that you never thought. Like just you didn't think that you could possibly do like in that night with my parents, we made a light bulb. That's fun. Like it's not a vacuum. It was like set up a light bulb with these batteries and it would yeah. light up for a second and then go out because of oxygen. Mm-hmm. But I was like, <laughs> you can just make a light bulb. Like it blew my mind. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, it, it's, go ahead, David. Uh, was, it, it just re- reminded me of one of the, uh, the discussion that we had with uh, George that was, you know, he, for so long he struggled in all that and he realized mm-hmm. that he was doing a lot of, a lot of his decision making and what he was doing was mainly to, please others or do what he thought that others would want him to mm-hmm. do. And eventually just said, fuck it. I'm just going to do what I want. And it seems that it's this mindset of do what feels fun for you. And it's different for yeah. everyone. We all Absolutely. have different ways. And this is why there are so many different job or expertise because, you know, we were, it's, we're all different, but I agree. It's a very good framework. Uh, to what is fun for for me, and I'm going to use this as my my my, my own guide to to make decision. And don't be surprised. It. I mean, like there's a lot of companies out there, and this is more for just anyone who's listening, because I, I I know that both of you know this, but like there's some companies are a bit more rigid with the idea of the role that you have, you know. But some are actually really super into the idea of you kind of carving that out a little bit on your own. Yeah, there might be some core things that they expect from you. But there's nothing stopping you from also, I mean, take a look at what Lana's doing, right? Like she's doing a little bit more, a little less animation nowadays because she's taken on all these other things because she's an ex- expressed an interest and, and, and an ability in those things. And it, and it just sort of, it, they just made it work. And sometimes all you do is put yourself out there and show them that there's, you have these other skills, um, especially if you're interested in doing those things. And next thing you know, you have, you're, you know, like you're just a little... Alana Snowflake, who gets to sort of <laughs> animate part of the day and you know socialize the rest of the day. I'm sure it's nothing but rainbows and lollipops and not a lot of work. Oh yeah, just socialize. That's I, like, all you animate do. Animate 40 of the time and nothing else. 60 percent of the time. Totally, totally. <laughs> so just uh, just one last little uh, tangent on this concept of you kind of like being this interesting hybrid, um, this person who does production work, but does a lot of community um, Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, a lot of like, not just, you know, community, like obviously within tea party, tea party, I did it again. Tea time. (laughs) It's, I don't know what the hell I'm not even American. I don't know why that comes out of my brain so fast. Um, So there's that, there's the GDC stuff, but there's also like, you know, doing live streams for, for the gaming company and doing like Mm -hmm. kind of game dev stuff. Um, there like are, what's the downside like i mean there's obviously like there's there's i mean we talked we touched on the idea of it being taking a hit on how much time and energy you have because you, you only have there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so much energy in the ba- the battery but what are the what are some other things that might surprise us like well, like because obviously that 
puts you a bit more in the public sector. And now you're a bit more of a sort of, um, you know, you're a bit more in the public space and therefore you get a bit more exposure. So like, give us a tour as to, to sort of some of the more difficult and trying parts of being who you are. Um, yeah, the time is, is probably the biggest one. I think one of the difficult parts is working with people who who don't understand the give and the take. They mm. only understand what's in it for me, but they have the desire to want to be a part of something, but mm. no desire, or maybe are very nervous or introverted, no desire to contribute. They just want to be a fly on the wall. And when you have a whole group of people who only want to be a fly, it, you know, at some point you're like, am I just here for me? <laughs> I guess I'll just go do this alone if you guys want. Um, uh, and I think what, like the biggest part about this is, is the fear that you're stepping over people or the perception mm. that you might like it's not a perception i've never had the perception of bulldozing but I, that's like something i'm very conscious of a mm. lot is because i'm so comfortable talking and mm. somebody says something i'm like i've got an idea like i'm so comfortable right. with just shooting that out it's very mm -hmm. that is it's challenging to really rein myself in and be find the patience to wait for people mm. who take longer to process right um the other thing that is not difficult but i think could possibly be difficult is when you talk i'm actually i'm doing you know i'm doing a talk at lightbox next week and what am i talking mm. about community what am i talking like i i'm almost always talking about sort of this social side of work mm -hmm. um so i it was easier when i was like releasing work all the time with heroes or league to be like well, I'm also animating because here's all the animation stuff I'm doing. But yeah. working in R&D, I can't talk about work at all. So I right. think the perception of me is that like, or the perception I fear is that, oh, she only talks. Mm. She's just a talker. And that's it. There's not chops to, to back it up. There's not mm. actually something else mm. um, on the hard craft skill side that would... Is that in your head or is that like, did you have, I'm just wondering, like, if you have, you had, <laughs> if you had anybody ever kind of give you the attitude or like... I'm, I feel like if I have, I've brushed it off. This is mm. something I don't say out loud a lot, but I, I'm going to say it here because I'm really proud of it. Uh, despite sort of being out there more, I don't get very many toxic interactions. I don't mm. get weird messages. I don't get oh, wow. mean people being like, Lucky no, you. you actually suck. But I do get people be like, Oh, Lana's coming. What's she going to talk about community? And I'm like, yes, actually. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's important. You want to have be team? Yeah. Well, so. I mean, well, they, they're probably I afraid guess... that you're going to be, you know, loud about it. <laughs> if yeah. there's anything inappropriate that is going your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I know probably. A lot of people find themselves in sort of these public speaking like roles at these bigger companies and i think one of the trickier things is is that it sort of you put you in this and i don't know maybe maybe blizzard and riot um like are very good at recognizing the fact that you're exposed a little bit because you become like a bit of a you become what's uh what's the word i'm looking for but like a spokesperson kind of what like not an official one but because you're out there and they know you work for this company people will then possibly ask you uncomfortable questions about the company you work for mm -hmm. um and like do you like did the did the companies put you through special media training or public speaking training to be able to help sort of help you deal with some of these kind of situations like do you have any anecdotal situations that you've had to deal with in the past that you had to carefully disarm 
yeah. I mean, I definitely was a spokesperson for Blizzard, like officially official spokesperson for okay. Blizzard. So lots of training, yearly training, <clears throat> definitely training before events that we'd go to. Mm-hmm. Um, y- usually when you go to like, events and you're doing like a big press day there is somebody from pr who sits in the room with you who if the the press were ever to ask a really attacky like gotcha kind of question yeah they would just be like come on man you know and you'd, be, you'd just get to sit there and be like i'm the talent oh wow okay so they have somebody um, like your your handler who like kind of comes in and is like watch it yeah but I, I still haven't had that i mean oh yeah maybe it's just because i'm like too talking maybe i should be more afraid of the things i say but typically i'm i'm pretty comfortable answering any question Mm. because i think like getting into the industry especially like when certain news stories and things come out it could be like a really scary thing to like the the industry what at least from my recollection when i was a student it was just this mass of people who i Mm. thought were just gonna be jerks to me (laughs) and Hmm. like What gave you that perception? I'm curious. Like what something created that perception? Video games in general, like playing video games with people. And then like just like the bro culture of video games. And like like you've heard stories of what's up, everybody. (laughs) Like, let's let's have a good game. There's like two reactions. One is like, oh, yeah, just like cursing you out because you're a woman or somebody's like, marry me. I love you. I love you. You're a woman. You play video games. I love you. And so (laughs) like, you know, is the industry like that? Yeah, is, yeah, are people yeah. just gonna be mean or like proposing sure. to me? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it would make sense that you would draw the connection, like because of people who play these games, some of those people then grow up and become the creators of these games, and so there's a possibility that you might deal with some of that. Yeah. But I do agree, there's a lot of toxic garbage. I don't know how women players survive. To be honest, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So how was the reality compared to what you assume might might be? I feel like. It, it's my re- I mean the reality was the reality is that it's the industry is not different than existing as a woman in any other space in my experience so somebody who's going to be a creep to me at a coffee shop <laughs> could also work in video games like mm. my you know elephant in the room Blizzard has a big article about harassment being sued by California et cetera, et cetera. my experience at Blizzard was overwhelmingly positive I had a really tight-knit team and that's not to say that there weren't experiences that I had at Blizzard but they my the leadership of my team dealt with things really swiftly um, and I think there are certain departments across the industry that have like a higher concentration of negative things happen like esports I think yeah. any esports event I've been to, higher concentration of gamers to like professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it sort of swings in slightly more toxic directions a lot. Um, uh, <laughs> not to have it like truly my it, my experience in games is not different than it would be any anywhere mm-hmm. else. And so the reality is just my reality. So it, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to like really like get to the root of it because I haven't had anything. Yeah. I it, never felt like I was held back because of who I am. Interesting. It must maybe be a little bit worse because you mentioned it could be at the Starbucks anywhere, but the shortage of female yeah. animators and especially <laughs> in video game is just, and I mean, it's slowly evolving in the right direction, but it, it's still, we're still very far from the 50, 50, 
what is your take on uh, on this? Is there something that is just you know repelling women in general from video game, or yeah, how do we fix? What this? is it? How do we fix this? Yeah, what's the antidote? Well, I think Alice. there's there's two things: is is time, patience, and actively seeking diverse candidates. Mm. So when it I hear conversations a lot where it's like, but if I am trying to hire a diverse candidate for this role, I might be missing the best. Mm. It's like your implication there is that the best is not a diverse candidate. And why <laughs> that is your perception yeah. needs to be shattered. Mm -hmm. um, at least when I was in school, I think it's, I mean, I know that the percentage has swung so far, but when I was in school, I went to school with tons of talented women, tons of talented women. And so there's a lot of studios, I think, that just have, like the 50-50 gamers, I think there's like the actual women gamers who play games is around 50-50. And I think professionals, there's a huge amount of women who don't apply for jobs because they don't fit every single qualification. Mm -hmm not just women, mm -hmm. diverse candidates in general, mm -hmm. if they don't fit every specific spec, they just won't apply. And so there has to be like a welcoming of being like, just try, <laughs> don't be afraid. Yeah, um, totally. See, uh, the, uh, the, the joke between me and my friends is, is like, you gotta just apply to everything. You like, you got straight white male confidence. <laughs> oh, and so like every time we're doing something, we're like straight white male confidence. And That's, then we do whatever we're doing. That, that is both funny and very embarrassing at the same time. <laughs> I'm ashamed and proud all at once. I don't even know how to, I don't know how to deal with it. My brain's going to explode. It, you know, yeah. I, it makes me, it makes me wonder like, like, is, I mean, you, you strike me as a, um, a relatively confident person, you know, you're charismatic, mm -hmm. you put yourself out there. I'm wondering, cause I mean, the, cause the interesting thing about this problem is it's complex, right? It's like, like for one, like you said, the diversity is you need to have, like, first of all, you need enough people buying into the idea that you're not trying to make, like you're trying to make a team, right? And teams are about chemistry and mm -hmm. it's about playing off of each other's strengths and filling in, like diversifying the team. It's like, it's like mm -hmm. if you were, if you were a portfolio manager for an investment fund, you would not be trying to put all of the best eggs in that one basket that you'd be looking mm -hmm. for diversity that's the whole point diversity mm -hmm. isn't about putting all of the best candidates in a, in a position it's about putting the best team together and and having people that have different perspectives force multiply the people around them and together the gestalt of that team is obviously much more potent than having a bunch of like friggin you know basketball forwards or point guards just a team full of them you know like if you had a bunch of michael i mean michael jordan's probably a bad example because they would probably dem demolish everybody but <laughs> i mean i think you get what i'm saying right it's yeah. like you gotta you got in 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 like being open to that idea and thinking like where are your like what is the metric for best candidate i guess is the question right yeah it's i don't know i think i think that's a big part of it is a lot of teams real like realizing that not having diversity is a problem not just because of a, a social stigma, but because they are actually doing themselves dirty mm. by not having mm. more perspectives, more opinions. They are yeah. not having the mm. richest possible experience that they could have. That's and it. I think that comes like from like lo me looking at my career, like I've done a ton of thinking about this over <clears throat> the whole, my whole career, but it took a long time to sort of realize that because I never, I feel like I don't, I haven't had a lot of negative experiences often enough because I would never assume 
it just it doesn't occur to me that someone would hold me back or do something mm. because I was a woman. Like it just doesn't yeah. cross my mind that that would happen. And that's a really privileged place to be because I obviously haven't had that happen enough in my life yeah. that it would occur to me. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, like taking the time to realize that, oh, maybe this is something that's happening. And even though I am pretty good at just being like, whatever, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> there are other people who are, are not that and like that's finding it. places for them and lifting them up. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I was trying to get at. I, I kind of, I totally derailed my, my line of thinking, but, but basically this idea of who you are, it probably plays a little bit into probably how your experiences have been because you are confident, because you are probably are able to, you know, turn the other cheek because, you know, like based on who you are, you've survived a bit better than maybe other people that might be, because you started with a bit of an intimidation, like you said, you had a perception, but you were just like, you gave it the Atlantic, just fucking let's do it, go do it anyways attitude. Yeah. And you ended up landing a job at Blizzard uh, probably because of that. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, like, like you said, I think that, that what you said there about lifting people up and trying to, you know, evangelize a little bit, like it's some of it's part of it is about changing team, like company culture for sure. And the other part is, is the outreach part, right? It's sort mm -hmm. of, it's a PR job. It's like, we need to like change minds on both sides of the equation to get more people. And it's not just a, this is not just a, you know, men and, you know, a gender thing. This is, you know, this, this is also has to do with, um, with different, different, different cultures as well. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, there's this diversity thing is a lot more complicated than just, just, uh, you know, it's just, it's not like, how do you, like, I don't know. I would just yeah. wish it was easier. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's not just about being open to it if it happens. Yeah. But the active steps that you take. Yeah. To make positive change, to yeah. being present in places where diversity exists in an authentic way, not just to be like, I'm sure that you wouldn't like to be here because we yeah. showed up. Yeah. <laughs> How about how are you actually showing up? Like, yeah. how, who are you sponsoring yeah. either monetarily or emotionally yeah. or educationally? Yeah. How are you spreading the word? Are you, is everything you're doing like, um, like Agora is so amazing. You provide so many resources to people, like an unbelievable number of resources to people. That's huge. That's like a pot, like a hugely positive thing that there's a lot of places that are like, sure, you can have that GDC, you know, I love them. I mean, I love going to the conference, but the conference is what three thousand yeah, dollars to go. Not accessible for some so many people for sure. Yeah. What are you talk what are you talking about? What are you talking yeah. about, GDC? No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So from what you see, do you feel that there's this change of, of mindset from the you know uh, HR and recruiting? And is it part of a outside of the you know the the big titles that that we see do do you feel from what you're hearing from from what you're feeling from inside obviously now you're at a, a riot but you know you're so well connected with those community that you you might feel the pulse of a little bit of where things are going so what is your gut feeling of the current i think it's, I think it's difficult to say because i feel very fortunate in that the communities i've been a part of have always been looking to be diverse, have always been looking to be inclusive mm. and accessible. Um, uh, Mike Jungwoo, after he did the, or after he passed the animation boot camp to me, he went on and then me, Tim, uh, Mike, Julie, Esther, a whole bunch of people started the animation exchange, which yeah. is the idea of doing GDC, mm. but accessible. 
and yep. sponsoring what they, they founded the ADF, the Animation Diversity Foundation, to try and give people uh, who are in marginalized groups access yep. to these kinds of spaces and mentors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so the communities I've been a part of, I think, have always been working really hard. And so it's it's hard to tell outside of my community, communities the specific things people are doing. I feel like right now we're at a place where the conversation comes up so much, whether it's Blizzard or Ubisoft or Riot three years ago or whatever next company is going to mm. do something pretty messed up. Like the frequency <laughs> of these little stories coming up or not little yeah. stories, huge stories. It's going to be like, and eventually something's got to give. And I can Absolutely. only hope that that is a swell of support um, mm -hmm. An understanding of, again, with community, not just what you can take, but what you can, what you can give. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it, it's definitely going to start with, you know, uh, maybe more clear studio policy, but at some point you want, you want to get to a point that it's so obvious for everyone that, you know, people within <laughs> the studio will self police themselves. So if there's anything that is inappropriate, you don't even to apply the rule for for what is acceptable. The 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 people in the studio are going to take care of uh, of this part. But that's mm -hmm. you know that's culture, and this is definitely something yeah. that that takes a yeah. that it takes could, time. As you said, patience. Mm -hmm. I I yeah. completely agree. It takes time and it takes bravery because I think it could be really difficult to be sitting <clears throat> surrounded by your peers, people you love, and even even seeing hearing somebody say something slightly inappropriate, mm -hmm. and just being like. Actually, no, that's not okay. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. That takes a lot of bravery. And so I think there's going to be a lot of bravery needed by by everybody who really wants to power through and get to a better, more diverse future for everyone. Yeah, I, I strongly believe in my heart of hearts that the majority of us want that better world that we're thinking about and talking about right now, it, but it's, but we're gonna have to build it together. Like it's, it's just, it's not going to happen overnight. No one's going to build it for you. Um, you know, it's going to, it's going to require some effort and some perseverance. And I think it, honestly, I think that the key is having people like you and people like, you know, Mr. Jung Bluth, like, because it's, these are people that have good, strong positions in the industry, but also are influencers in the communities. Because like I said, there's a two-sided coin to this problem, right? You need mm -hmm. to, you need to build the safer, more accepting, more diverse space, and, or at least um, create the vacuum and the desire, the appetite for it. And then on the other side, you need to make sure that people are interested in it. They need to, they mm -hmm. need to be like, they need to trust that it's a, you know, it's a place that they can go. And I mean, that has to happen at very early ages too, because it's like, you know, you got to get, you know, these people in marginalized, groups or underrepresented uh, sort of uh, um, um, sort of demographics they yeah. need to they need to be exposed to this as, as a, a possible career path you know video games it's like you know i think that's part of the that's definitely part of the the sort of the gender issue is that you know like guidance counselors aren't telling women that hey you should try video games yeah. it's stupid and it's antiquated but like it's this, sometimes it requires them to maybe have gone into a conference or seen you speaking about it and like oh my god that sounds so much so much fun mm -hmm. and then next thing you know they're 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 starting to move towards it right yeah. so it's needs more people like that more yeah. more jung blues and more lana bishinskis essentially is what we need yeah and and jung blues specifically in a way that i i think is i don't know if he's even gets like publicly praised for this but him starting communities and start starting these initiatives oh yeah and then taking the step back yeah and putting other people in yes. charge yes yes the light and the attention Huge. and the, the opportunity that they deserve yep. so 
positions of leadership, being able to step mm -hmm. back and be like, here's a chance that most That's people right. wouldn't offer and offering it is so yep. huge. And yep. seeing mm -hmm. that from tons of leadership, it's like, how long have you had your time in, in the sun? You've been a game director how many times in a row? Yeah. Maybe before yeah. you start your next project, you think, should I be the person doing mm -hmm. this or who deserves the opportunity yep. to make something great that I never could yep. because I do not have their experience? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we touched on it a little bit. We had him on the show. It was a really great talk because we touched a lot on this problem and mm -hmm. what he, what kind of things and initiatives and what kind of sort of, you know, um, you know, what, what kind of movement and traction he's been able to try to try to get out of that, you know, try to create a solution for these kind of problems. But yeah, it yeah. sounds like he's done a great deal of positive work in this area, which is definitely nice to hear. Um, it is, a, we got, nine minutes officially left um and i've neglected chat um chat i'm sorry i do this to you all the time um if you what's Brit, Brit. that there for if not to be kind of ignored yeah that's right you're just you know you guys are just there for decoration i'm really sorry you just, just look really good a lot of pretty faces especially i'm looking at you joe animates you beautiful son of a gun you uh, so i think that this would be a perfect segue to just open it up a little bit. So if you do have a question in chat, now would be a good time. The new format, um, which we've been um, sort of evangelizing here, is the Q uh, colon, which helps us pull out the questions from the, re the regular sort of chatter. Um, but I will start to give everyone in chat some time to generate some sort of thoughtful questions. I'm going to pull a question from our, um, we, we, we get people some time and they, they put them in through, through social and I have a really juicy one for you. So let me just bring it up. Um, that's a good one. I like it. If only, if only I could copy it properly. Yeah, sorry. Can I have a drum roll or something? It's kind of awkward. Hold on. Which Just one is silence, it? Am I gonna, please. Silence. Am I gonna get the right one? There it is. Perfect. Just enjoy the crickets while I do this. Do you hear the crickets? I do. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's perfect. There we go. Perfect. I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And there we go. I've woken oh, wow. up at the age of 40 and want to accomplish a teenage dream of becoming an animator in the games industry. Do you have any advice or thoughts on a late career shift into animation? Yes, I do. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you came to the right place. <laughs> JSRN uh, is their handle. So first of all, I would not worry about going to some sort of formal school. I, mm. I went to university and got a bachelor's degree because I needed a visa to work in the States. Mm. I don't actually know if needing a visa, you still need a bachelor's or if you just need any education. I think you do. So if that matters, the bachelor's will be important. Mm. Um, but if you just want to become an animator in the games industry, I mean, there's so much remote work opening up. I'm getting way off. What I would do, my biggest <laughs> advice is to let yourself really learn I feel like there's a tendency, especially if you feel like you're starting late to try and mm. rush through of like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go start on the uh, walk cycle with character. I've seen and this that before. is so much to keep track of. Mm. There's so many different things at play there. It can feel really like, at least when I was in school, I was like a bouncing ball, lame, but the skills that you learn in perfecting yep. a really good bouncing ball will be applicable to how you will approach a run cycle later down the line. And if like really think of animations, not as like an animation, I did it, do the next one. Cause if you're learning how to draw, you sketch and you do the same thing over and over and over again. If you're going to sketch a hand, you'll draw a thousand hands. If you're animating a bouncing ball, 
let yourself do it once mm. take the learnings scrub it and don't not, not the timeline but like scrap that file try it again what did you learn what was faster what was harder what was easier talk to people get feedback mm. um like let yourself understand what you're learning from each type of exercise you'll do and really learn that thing mm. and not try so hard to run to the finish line because animation is is easier than than it can be but it can be really complicated if you're trying to do everything all at once and the second thing i would say is get involved in a community talk to people. <laughs> it, it can be really important to have people who maybe are going to like a more formal school can, can offer insight and advice that you won't get if you're just working in a in a bubble that's some sage advice. I see this a lot. And this is, I see young people also have the same problem. They're in such a damn friggin' rush. Mm -hmm. And like, like Lana's saying, animation doesn't need to be complicated, but it will certainly be too complicated if you just try to rush it. These, these, these early assignments, the fundamental skills aren't just little check boxes that you need to knock off because you completed the assignment. It means nothing unless you understand it. And you can apply that skill moving forward in other in other in other things and other work right so you gotta like it's just there's only so much you can you can absorb properly so you got to give yourself a freaking break and give yourself the proper amount of time because being in a rush i get it you're late in your life and you want to make up for lost time but like you can't fold space and time so you know give yourself some space and some time yeah. good advice um i have somebody here who, who was who, who the yawns um, just um, was was piping in here regarding the um, the, the specifics on um, interborder job um, requirements as far as education is concerned. Visas in the U.S. still require a degree or master's as a qualifying point for your visa. It makes things easier if you don't have a lot of industry experience. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, and I think this has been true for a while. I think that what happens is after a certain number of years, I don't know what what it is now, but I think it used to be like something like six years or maybe maybe even 10 where you become um, journey person or, or like yeah. like someone who's got enough experience that it the equivalent is like which i always laughed at because it's like i'm sorry but someone who has a bachelor's degree in animation has like literally one year of actual animation work is probably <laughs> going to cr like crush anybody who's got a bachelor's degree and that's not fair because i'm sure there's some schools out there that offer bachelor degrees but usually the ones offering the bachelor degrees at least back in the day were not the best schools to go to it's changed yeah. a lot of colleges are now offering bachelor's degrees by just giving you one extra year but it used to be not the case but i i agree with uh, what lana very briefly mentioned that the change to do a lot more remote work than mm. that we used to do is going to change the game for the, the the visas. That that's for sure. It doesn't mean that it's going to disappear. It doesn't mean that studio will not continue to invest in you know lawyers and paperwork and moving people to from a country to another, but never to the extent of what we've seen in the last twenty years. That's no. that, that's for sure. So maybe the incentives of having a you know a, a, a degree to get a visa and all that it, it's not going to be a same incentive. That it, totally. Then. This is not good for the 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 industry of of bachelors and masters yeah. degrees. That's for sure. <laughs> But it's good for us. So in other words, learn how to animate. Make that the priority, right? Work on the demo reel. Make sure you understand the skills and just get better. Because honestly, if you're that good, I've seen people come right out of school and get jobs 
internationally because they're just so good. They're just like lawyers can solve these problems, to be honest with you. Uh, if a company really wants you, they will, they will get you, but don't also put that as the goal. I think your goal is to get experience. So take a local job if you can, if you're lucky enough, but in, in like David and Lana were saying that idea of local has become much broader over the, uh, the last couple of years because of current events. Chat, you're really disappointing me. Like really, really? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually no reading questions. the last one that, that just oh. arrived. I'll just bring it up. Maybe it's an interesting talking point. Thanks to seeing a lot of games made by one or two developers that are incredibly talented and basically studios having a higher standard than ever before, do you think it's harder for starting animators to get into the gaming industry? It's a good question. Uh, as compared to when I got in, I think absolutely. I think that that will be how I, I hate when they, my answers are that, well, that's how every industry probably is, but like the access to knowledge, I think the internet in general and, and people's ability to practice with like the technology in their own home, rather than like having to go somewhere where the computer exists, like people's access to practice time, I think has gone up. And so their skills are higher than ever before. Um, all, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily the result of games made by one or two developers that are really talented. I think those definitely still feel like outliers. Like Lucas Pope is such an incredible developer who does everything. Return of the Oberdin is an amazing game. Not a lot of animation, but he did do all of the art and all of the sound and all of it, the design, like every piece of that game. And it's so fun and unbelievable. But I don't think Lucas Pope being an amazing individual person makes it harder for other people to get into the industry because he's doing his own thing. Usually. Absolutely. Uh, I yeah. actually think that <clears throat> seeing studios making more content with fewer people also kind of makes it easier to get into the industry because there are so many opportunities. There are so many studios. I can think of like five that just started like fully funded VC startups with hugely amazing developers hiring opportunities for remote work that like started within the last two months. Like it's crazy mm. how many opportunities. There oh yeah. Are. It's on People. fire. Yeah. So and, it's quality bar higher than when I got my first internship, but prolific, I feel like there's an unbelievable amount of jobs. And so if mm. you are, are prepared and you are applying everywhere, like there's a lot of opportunity. I think like, I think if anything, use these stories as inspirations too, because it's like what's stopping you from being one of these sort of one person shows too. Like you, like you, even just because you want to be an, if you want to be an animator in video games, you, what I always tell people is stop thinking like that. You need what you want to be a game developer that happens to enjoy animating and animation is what you're bringing to the party. Just sort of like the parties that Atlanta, you know, um, you know, had, had back in high school. I'm framing the conversation right now. Just wonder, you know, back, back in the day, you, you needed to bring ice cream. You just happen to be bringing this to go to the party, but bringing some animation skills. But there's nothing stopping you from, you know, you, sh you wouldn't be turning people away at the ice cream party if they also brought cotton candy, would you? Probably no. not. 
No, I'd go. say you enhanced the experience. There you go, enhance. So I think it's an opportunity to, for you also possibly broaden your skill set too, because you're going to be a lot more marketable to these smaller startup companies because these teams tend to be smaller. And so they need people that are a bit more skilled, well-rounded skilled sets rather than just these hyper, hyper specialized, you know, animation skill sets. It's, you know, it's not the bad to have, but often they can't afford to bring in specialized people. So and uh, I think even the big companies appreciate that because then you're a bit more flexible and maybe you can help other teams. You're not just an animator, for instance. You yeah. kind of understand how games are made and you can sort of help bail the water. Even yeah. if you're not doing oh, that yeah. job, you can talk totally. to the people who are doing you, that job. Exactly. So you will help you them do their work faster. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, I, and this, this, I would be remiss to not also mention learn, taking the time to learn some of the peripheral skills so that you can have those conversations with learn who takes the work that you did and then puts it in the game, for instance. Also understand who provides you the thing that you depend on every day, like the rigs. Learn enough about those, those particular jobs so you can actually have meaningful conversations uh, with those, those other departments because it's going to make your life easier. It's going to make everyone's life easier and producers are going to love you because you're going to be solving problems left, right, and center because too many too many people have the blinders on and they just sort of like just tell me what i'm supposed to do today and they're not thinking about what's going on around them you know mm -hmm. yeah and, and just be a good person <laughs> just, yes. just be fun to yeah. work with <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one of the part that is often for, forgotten oh what you know what is the most important mm -hmm. thing when i get to a uh, work on all that i mean there's, there's a hundred of things but you know be kind and if people like your presence uh it it most probably going to be fine unless you suck miserably. <laughs> but other than that, if you're just average and people like you, yep. you're, oh, you're yeah. fine. And just be curious and, you know, go in the flow and evolve over time. I totally yeah. agree. People that are like just average, but super nice and very, very accommodating and very helpful, they survive companies way longer than the super genius that's a complete dick. Those, uh, those people don't usually last very long. Thankfully. And people yeah. who suck but are really nice, people want to help you. Yeah, so totally. You'll get totally. better. You won't yeah. suck. <laughs> totally. You won't suck forever if you got a good attitude, that's for sure. Okay, well, speaking of sucking, I don't want to suck. Ooh. Oh, wait, Joe, I got two two more under, under the wire. Do you have maybe two more minutes to, or maybe five more minutes or, or if you got to go? Be honest. Oh, I got time. Okay. I, I'll be honest. Uh, no, I've got, I've no, I've no life. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why Lana is always busy. Yeah, all you're doing is preventing me from playing Pokemon Unite. Oh, so I'm saving you then, kind yes. of in a way. Okay, good. Yes. David, are you good for like a couple more minutes? I'm sure. This is past your bedtime. Let's, you're gonna fold. You're gonna let's like, do you're it. Gonna implode I'm just point. going to disappear eventually. Okay. But that's he might all melt. I'm yeah. I'm uh, thoroughly enjoying this. So let's, have let's you continue. seen? If if everyone's seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, the original one, when like the Ark of the Covenant opens and faces got melted, that's what David's gonna look like in a minute. So <laughs> just let me know if he looks like he's gonna melt, and then I'll call the scream. All right, I don't want him to die. He's too important. Just all for right. context, Lana, I'm I changed my schedule and I yeah. now wake up at 4:30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, so this yeah. is why at 11:30. But that that. Good. Pretty good. I'm impressed. I, I'm enjoying this, so that that's that helps. That's good. Thanks for All staying right. up past the bedtime. Yeah, David's. You know, he's 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 a team player. He's <laughs> taking one for the team. All right, Van Animator, otherwise known as everyone knows him as Scott. Um, question: Would it be beneficial to show your animation working in Engine or uh, on your demo reel? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Boom. That was easy. Um, All right. Yeah. Next yeah. One. Next one. <laughs> no, uh, so definitely, I think it would be beneficial to show it working in Engine on Demo Reel because it shows that you understand how to put it in game, but it also yeah. is beneficial to you so that when you're in an interview, you can be like, I have totally. experienced in Unreal. Totally. Um, uh, definitely. And any engine experience is good because a lot of people have like these proprietary engines, mm. but again, it's the same language. It's Always. understanding state trees mm. i'm not even saying right things now but like <laughs> understanding how blend spaces because all work. you do is talk now you don't do the animation remember we talked exactly. about this earlier it's, you know okay i just sit here and i wait for the next interview baby um <laughs> well nice. one of my i always talk about this that i think one of the most, most stunning things i ever saw in uh not uh or demo reel but a test submission at blizzard was we asked somebody to do these animations for us but then they went an extra step and when they submitted the test they said also if you want there's an executable you can oh man they, so did, they it. did the animations but then they hooked them up in unreal oh made my God. play my demo reel so you can play it so you can play the animations oh, seeing it in like from the correct camera angle oh, in a game God. space and you could trigger the animations as you'd see them it was i'm still waiting for some hire that yeah totally like oh, what yeah. the hell just, yeah. just to say that, like, because it, because now you're coming to the party saying, like, I get it. I'm here to make games, and it's not yeah. just making animations in my little animation bubble. It's mm -hmm. like it. There's a bigger picture here. You're being part of a bigger thing, and if you you, you show at least at the very least interest in that, that's going to go a long way. Because big shock here, and I don't know why this is still a thing, but so many people are not doing that. I've been, I'm like a broken record on this topic and I still see way too many people just being like, here's my demo reel, bunch of cycles. And it's like, oh yeah, well, um, have you ever used an engine before? No, oh, no, never like at all. Like they didn't teach yeah. me that in school. It's like, well, I do. But, but also how many cycles do you think? Okay. There is a walk cycle, but how many yeah. other cycles do you think we're doing? <laughs> totally. That's it. It's like, anyways. Yeah. But yes, definitely, definitely, obviously, the answer to that question is a 100% yes. Joe Animates, this will be the last one that I'll, I'll let everyone, I'll let David melt off camera and uh, <laughs> let Lana get back to her Pokemon um, tournament question. I After her love... next interview, because that's... Well, yeah, yeah, that's that. it. Of course, of course. Because yeah, yeah, she's yeah, obviously yeah. a busy life of tournaments in Pokemon and interviews. <laughs> Pokemon Unite and answering questions. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I always love hearing what an animator's interpretation of the appeal principle. Lana, how do you understand what appeal is in animation? Um, uh, this is a great question. I think this is really interesting. I love this kind of like nitty gritty animation talk. It's opinionated um, too. Like there's a lot of opinions on this. It's a good one. Thanks, Joe. So Thanks for showing up at the 11th hour with this juicy question. Where were you like an hour ago? Come on. <laughs> man. So this appeal... I think appeal is so broad because I really think it's a combination of a bunch of things. But one is all of the other principles working well. You stole like, my answer. I can't believe you just did that. Appeal, all <laughs> the other principles working great, doing their thing, beautiful mm. arcs, um, but not just like, oh, they're beautiful oh. on any scale, but a, a character should be appealing for whatever the intent of that character is. So not every appealing character is like physically appealing. You could have like a really gnarly looking stanky witch lady 
and the way that she, the way that she acts, she should feel like a stinky, gross witch lady, and that mm. would be appealing for that. It doesn't mean mm. I like it. I'm like mm. ew, but if my totally. reaction is ew, it's probably appealing sure. for the character that I'm trying to create. Mm. Uh, with a specific twist of video games, I think appeal also gets pulled into game feel, um, and so it's not just about oh, I'm having the most beautiful animation, but it's also responsive to the type of gameplay that I, <laughs> you know, I had a feeling. Right. I looked at that profile picture and I was like, I bet you. <laughs> um, She's got your number, Joanna Mates. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I think the appeal is brought into like how the actual game feel applies to the characters. Mm. So if I have a character and I have like a really slow, like what remains of Edith Finch? It's not a responsive game but I feel like it is appealing for this sort of yep. slow and sad, dark story they're telling. And so the way that things are created is appealing for that. And so appeal is like the all encompassing. If everything is working correctly, mm. you've got appeal. Baseline, all the principles, and then getting more and more specific to what that character actually is. I love it. David, what's yours? We're all what's sharing. Mine, what? it, what's mine? What's your it, opinion it, on appeal? How can you put that in a nutshell? It was perfect. I have nothing compared to this. <laughs> it's funny because after all the years teaching, that's usually I I, I felt like it used to be. I, I used to feel like I was copping out by saying that. It's like, oh, appeal just means you've actually done all the other things. But there's actually a lot of merit to that answer because appeal is sort of like, it's it's like it's it's because it's good, right? You it's appealing yeah. in some way, and and in, in the, the yeah. hopefully if you've actually executed well on all the other principles, and that's what you end up with is an appealing piece of piece of animation. Another thing I've added um, to this sort of a this sort of um, description is is similar to what you're saying, Len. I've never actually heard anyone talk about sort of industry specific appeal, which makes so much sense. Like you're bringing game feel because this is so true, right? You can go, you can have a team of Pixar animators on on a game and then make the most beautiful animations, but unless they work with the game and the mechanics of the game and it's not frustrating to play then it's gonna suck and it won't be appealing because of that right there's we get away with murder um in in video game animations and things you would never get away with in feature um and but but because of the very very carefully chosen moments of murder you are able to provide these moments of blissful um you know, euphoria when playing a game because of like, it just feels so damn good and it's satisfying and it mm -hmm. sort of, it speaks to the player fantasy, but also speaks to the needs the player has in that given moment, right? It's a lot of psychology there. Another thing I often say um, is, is, is that um, appeal is also has a little bit of a personality. You know, some people are just born with the gift of being color coordinated. This is a little bit, so and this is a bit trickier because you're getting into this very blurry space that's hard to really identify because it's it's based on you. Who are you as a, as a person? How can you bring who you are into mm. the work and bring your own personality in there? Like, you know, like the, the, there's a famous sort of um, comparison between like a, you know, a professional pianist that, that will play um, a, a, a concerto like, like, with mechanical precision next to someone who literally kind of has, it's a bit sloppier, but because of that sloppiness, there's a sort of organic flavor that gets built into it. And people will prefer that rather than the sort of the robotic precision of the person who nailed it. You know, there's a lot of that. It's about playing to your strengths and even your weaknesses. I think it plays into that appeal question. And that's a very individual thing. It's different for everybody. It's sort of, I it gives that. you your own little, kind of signature feel and your contribution to the, to the art. Yeah. Lana, it has been an absolute pressure. Uh, 
Pressure. 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 You've pressured me into this conversation, and I just want everyone to know it. Call the call the police. I don't even want to be here. It's been a pleasure, Lana, for uh, this 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 conversation, and I'm so happy we finally had it. Um, um, I'm so yeah. so happy you you found a, a, a spot in your busy Pokemon and interview schedule to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for I'm being. I'm so here. happy. This is such a like highlight, absolutely high, highlight of recent memory of conversations. So delightful to chat animations. Uh, Which is nice high praise you. coming from the toxic Pokemon community and the. <laughs> the... <laughs> Oh my well, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to think like things are great. And then you have like good conversations and you like plan talks and you're like, yeah, that went well. That was yeah. executed well. Mm. I would say this conversation has appeal. Oh, well played. Oh, well oh man. Beautiful. Be uh, a professional. A professional. That's, that's, it. that's it. Yeah. David and I were making cracks when she showed up because she's the first guest who's ever put her name. Some people don't even bother with their last name, you know, just like a bill. It's like she's got first name, last name, and then a pipe. And then her handle. It's like I've never seen anyone leverage their handle online. She had some some theory as to why she did it. I just, David and I just, we just know where it's like, we're swimming with a shark right now. She knows what she's doing. So thank you for bringing your, your very powerful skill set on community building and um, animation experience to the table today, Elena. And we'll, we'll definitely talk again. Yes. That's for sure. Mm. There, thank you, you there's so, no escape. so much. Thank yeah, you so much. No thank you. Thank you to both. David, don't yeah. melt. And I'll talk to you both. Oh, I'm already week. melting. Oh, damn and it. Thanks, chat. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, chat. All right, see you guys around. Cheers. Cool. Bye, everyone. Um, so that was fun. Um, obviously, uh, we could have probably spent the entire night speaking because, um, you know, it's uh, always easy to do that when good company. Um, I'm really happy that we had a chance to talk about a lot of things. Um, it'd be great to get her back on. I'd love to hear more about, like, how, you know, something that we didn't have time for. I wanted to talk a little bit about where she sees... Um, you know, tea time animation in the next few years, like where, what, what are her plans for that? What, are, what is she, what's her next big sort of uh, goal as far as, um, you know, on, on, in the community space or even just professional animation space. Um, but um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait for next time for those conversations. Um, thanks for being here. It's been, it's, it was uh, awesome to be back after a little hiatus there. I did miss everybody. Um, even though I pretended I didn't when I was on the beach, um, but I did. I really like doing this. I think we're really lucky to have, I, I feel blessed to be honest, to be able to share some airtime with the, with the, the, you know, the Lana Bashinskis of the world and the, all the people that we have on the show. It's the one thing they have in common is that they do have, you know, it, it, they don't know, like they don't need to do what they do, but they just do. And maybe for self, maybe for not so selfless reasons, like Lana was sort of kidding around about, like she gets so much out of it, but like, let's not, let's not joke around. There is a sacrifice to doing it. it does, there is a time and co commitment to it. And we're lucky that there are people out there that are willing to do it. And we, you know, if, if it wasn't for people like her, the JDs, the, 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 the Michael Jung Bluths, like I could go on for hours with all the, the people we've had on the show. Um, if they didn't take the time out of their day to make our worlds a better place and to share some of the things that they've learned to make our journeys a little easier, then um, it would be a little bit, a little bit sadder, a little bit sadder in this world. And um, I'm, if one thing that we wanted to do here at Agora was to try to bring these types of people into your world, because maybe, maybe you didn't know who Lana was and now you do. Um, and that's great. And um, we want to continue to do that, bring amazing people on this show and uh, give everyone a chance to feel like they get to meet them a little bit.
So, um, you know, hopefully uh, you keep coming back for more. Speaking of more, we do have, um, we're picking back up, uh, getting back up on the Q&A horse, David and I, next week. So Tuesday evening, you will see us at the regular scheduled bat time and bat channel for that. And I think it's David Mullins, if I'm not mistaken, to next week as well. Yes, it is. Dave Mullins. Dave Mullins, um, um, an ex Pixar um, person. He um, was there for quite a number of years and actually got to work on a couple of really amazing projects. Actually, funny enough, he worked on, and I don't know why this happened. And I think David knows the answer to this question. It's because, you know, how Pixar has these, these shorts. What, what did I say? Did I, what did I, a Pixar person? What did, what did I say? Disney? What did I say, David? David's my editor. He's in the background. Real-time editing. What did I say? Oh my God. Just tell me. Did anybody else? Oh, I did say that. Okay. Anyways, I don't know. So, oh, person. Yeah, he's a Pixar, Pixar person. Um, David, or Dave Mullins, he actually directed a short film, and short films often play in front of uh, feature films, as you know. That's sort of the 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 formula over at Pixar. And I, David, which one? What was the one that he that his started in front of? I think it was a, it was like a, a Cars two or something like that. What was it one? Because I think Cars three, and I know it's one of the only Pixar movies I haven't seen, which is probably why I never saw Lou. If you haven't seen Lou, you should go check it out, especially if you have Disney Plus because they have all the whole library in there. It's amazing. I was like mad at myself for having not seen it. He directed this. Um, he was also the animation director for Up. Um, um, a little movie that you may or may not know anything about. Um, I certainly do because it was it kind of changed my life when I saw that movie. That intro sequence is just such a game changer. It's like in my top 10 biggest influences, I think, in animation for sure. And he does. He absolutely does have a great deal of Pixar stories. So please do tune in. He's he's an open book too. He's he's like it's amazing. Like uh, he he just he he just shares um the, uh, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He kind of tells the whole deal, which is going to be a lot of fun, I think. So that is happening next week, and it is on the 8th. So that is a Wednesday, and it is at 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Agora Community. So until then, I will see you. I'll bid you farewell. Uh, enjoy the rest of this uh, week, which is what's left of it, and, of course, the upcoming weekend, and I'll see you back here on Tuesday evening. Enjoy, and see you around. Stay animated. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.